Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Appreciate you joining me on this chapter day journey. It is Christmas week. I hope you uh, have good things planned. The chapter day journey is in 1 Kings today, chapter 16, and it was verse 10 that resonated with me. It says, Zimri came in, struck Elah down, and killed him in the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah. Then he succeeded Elah as king. Today's podcast is entitled, Power and Chaos. I've observed over my life journey that the kingdoms of this world are really all about power. The power to control others, the power to acquire for self, and the power to maintain power. Tyrants wield power like blunt force trauma. They lie, deceive, kill, destroy in order to rise to the top of their kingdom. Then they eliminate any threat, use force to control the masses, and entrench themselves there at the top of their kingdom. Politicians, on the other hand, are more subtle. They manipulate the rules to their advantage in order to ensure that their coffers are always full, their personal assets favorably rise, campaign and election rules are rigged in their favor, and their opponents are smeared as extremists. The end game is still the same, however. Control others, acquire for self, maintain power and privilege. Media uses their power of influence to control what their viewers see and hear. They use that influence to boost their fame and ratings, help those who align with their political bent and demonize those who don't. Religious institutions, well, they use power too. They use the power of a religious authority. They create spiritual hierarchies of authority, and they, those at the top control mass behavior with the authority coupled with the tools of guilt and shame, the threat of ostracization, excommunication, public shaming, or other punishments. I mean, I could go on and talk about the abuse of power that exists in businesses, families, sports, community groups, charitable organizations, and every human system on this earth. Today's chapter follows the quick succession of kings in the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, while the southern kingdom of Judah was committed to being ruled by the dynastic line of David, the northern kingdom of Israel was a free-for-all. The Game of Thrones in the north was a virtual king of the mountain. The throne was there for the taking of anyone who could seize and wield the power. So, quick summary. Basha reigns 24 years and dies. Elah succeeds his father, Basha, and reigns for just two years. Because Zimri, a military officer, assassinates Elah, slaughters the entire family. Of Basha and declares himself king. He reigns for, guess what, seven days. Because Amri, a military general, finding out that Elah is dead, is hailed as king by the army that's under his command as soon as they hear of Zimri's coup. Realizing that he was doomed and couldn't win the battle over Amri, Zimri commits suicide by lighting the palace on fire and dying in the flames. Tibni, 
a prominent public figure, challenges Omri for the throne, dividing the nation into two competing factions. Omri, with the military behind him, obviously proves the stronger, and he ascends to the throne for 12 years until he dies and Ahab, his son, succeeds him on the throne. So what do we got here? We got corruption, assassination, military coup, suicide, destruction, division. It's definitely not a picture of peace and harmony. In the quiet this morning, I'm reminded how differently Jesus prescribed his game plan for changing the world. Now his people, the Hebrew people, wanted a Messiah who was a divine version of the top-down power under which they had suffered for centuries. They wanted a divine Messiah who would, like the kingdoms of this world, wipe out their enemies, raise them to positions of power and prominence. But from the very beginning, Jesus was the living embodiment of God's word through the prophet Isaiah, saying, quote, My ways are not your ways, end quote. And in a real sense, that is what Christmas is all about. See, the way of Jesus was that of an omnipotent, all-powerful God humbly lowering himself, taking on the role of a servant, becoming human and submitting himself to all of the constraints and weaknesses and conflicts, labor and pain that come with being human. Jesus taught his followers this same example. Humble yourself. Consider others ahead of yourself. Love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Be content with what you have been given. Lead by serving. Control your thoughts, words, and behavior with others. And live a life that's marked by love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. See, Jesus' paradigm wasn't to change the world with a top-down power, coercion, threat, force, control. Jesus' paradigm was to change the world with one person who changes the life of another individual with love, motivating that individual to pay it forward to others who will, in turn, have changed hearts, motivating them to pay it forward and loving yet others who will pay it forward and still loving others until an organic underground movement of love spreads across humanity. And by the way, it really worked. Worked for a couple hundred years. And then at that point, the prince of this world, the evil one, made a brilliant move in the chess match between him and God. The prince of this world gave the Jesus movement worldly power. They became a kingdom of this world. Almost overnight, the organic, humble, persecuted followers of Jesus found themselves with the power, authority, and earthly riches of the Holy Roman Empire. Guess what? Chaos followed just as it always follows the kingdoms of this world under the dominion of the prince of this world. But that wasn't Jesus' paradigm. There was no earthly power, no control, 
no wealth in a stable outside of Bethlehem. And I adore that. Have a great day, my friend. We'll be back here tomorrow.